Before we get started on Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine, we'd like to tell you about the Miracle Moments Luncheon to benefit Easter Seals UCP Port Health. Earfluence, which produces this podcast, is a proud sponsor, and we'd like you to join us May 1st, 2024 at 1130 Eastern Time at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary. This event helps raise funds and awareness for the life-changing direct services provided to more than 40,000 children, adults, and families living with disabilities, mental health, and substance challenges so they can live their best lives. We'll put more information on Easter Seals and the luncheon in the show notes, but again, that's Wednesday, May 1st at 1130 at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary, and we hope to see you there. Attention bourbon lovers, are you ready for a taste sensation like no other? Old Raleigh Distillery, recently awarded Best Micro Distillery in the U.S., invites you to experience the art of whiskey blending firsthand. Located just east of Raleigh in downtown Zebulon, the distillery specializes in premium, micro-batched bourbon, and limited-release whiskeys. Visit the tasting room Tuesday through Sunday to savor a wide variety of whiskeys, specialty cocktails, wine, and beer. And don't miss a chance to peek behind the curtain with a tour of the blending operation every Saturday and Sunday at 1 and 2 p.m. For more information and to plan your visit, visit oldraleydistillery.com. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Old Raleigh Distillery for exclusive updates and behind-the-scenes content. Old Raleigh Distillery, where every sip tells a story. I mean, this is, this is huge. This is deciding the future of our city. What is at stake is the city we live in and the future and where, what buildings are built on which corner, affordable housing, our parks, everything that we care about as residents of this city. You're listening to Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I'm your host, Gina Stevens. You may know Raleigh Magazine, but what you may not know is how we get our stories. It's all inside baseball. You'd be surprised what people will tell us. RMO is telling stories no one else is telling. So this podcast is where you get the inside access to stories you won't read anywhere else. So let's dive into some of Raleigh Magazine's biggest stories. Today we're talking about the upcoming election day. Wait, don't tune out. Stay with me. These midterm elections are huge locally and nationally. Many say the elections playing out right now in the states are as important as a presidential election, with many personal liberties at stake for you and I. Locally, we're voting in a new Raleigh City Council and voting on three bonds critical to keeping Raleigh on a successful trajectory. Early voting opened October 20th and will be open through November 5th at 3 p.m. With me today is our editor, Melissa, to talk about why voting this year is so critical. Melissa, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Um, this, this election has been a hot topic for quite some time. Um, it should have technically, if you don't remember, it should have technically happened a year ago <laughs> in October. But with the redistricting, the city's elections got pushed. And many felt strongly that they should have happened earlier this year with the primaries. But it was slated for November 8th to run with the state elections. And here we are. Which is a damn good thing. I'm yeah. sorry. The last time we went to the polls, seriously, it was what, 13% residents in Raleigh turned out to vote in our city elections? Yeah, it was abysmal. You know, I'll go on the record. And, and it's logical. If you don't vote, you can't bitch. Right. If you don't vote, you can't have an opinion, in my opinion. People act like these city elections don't matter in terms of voting. Like they don't show up at the polls, right. obviously, 13%. But then all we hear at a city magazine every day is bitching about development or affordable housing what they don't or like. whatever. Yeah. And one way to ensure that at least the person that represents you is know your district. 
Absolutely. And if you don't, the districts have changed and tweaked, and there is a website. Yeah. So actually, you're going to go to our website, <laughs> and you're just going to go to the Finder District. It's on the homepage. It's in the big feature well at the top. You can't miss it. And then we have an interactive link there that goes to an interactive link where you just put in your address and voila. And I think, and we'll talk more about this, you know, we we tapped all these representatives for a lot of information. But if you don't know your district, you don't want to read it all. If no. it, you know, if you're not voting for them. So knowing your district is the first thing. That's Absolutely. And, and the districts have tweaked a little bit. And if you're new, you don't know necessarily where to vote and you don't know where your district is, but it matters. It matters. And this is not a... PSA about voting, but it's super important because what is at stake is the city we live in and the future and where what buildings are built on which corner, affordable housing, our parks, everything that we care about as residents of this city, what new restaurants come here, what developments are built yep. is at stake. And what um, goes in those developments too, to a point, you know, whether it's affordable housing, whether it's mixed use, whether whatever it is, how tall can it be? All those things are being decided. It, it is refreshing. So we sponsored an event um, October 13th with Midtown Raleigh Alliance. It was a meet and greet for the candidates. And we had 27 of 28 candidates yep. in attendance. I was um super proud moment. It was important to me that all the candidates be there. But we also had a, a pretty big crowd of people who walked in, knew their district, found their person or persons, and talk to all of them. And they had a specific question. And everybody's question was different. Yeah, I think how passionate people are this year is pretty evident in that turnout. It's also critical, like you said, that we're getting to vote with the state elections. The voter turnout is expected to be as high as 150,000. Compare that to the 13%, which I'm guessing is closer to like 50,000 off the top of my head. Um, but in any case, maybe triple will be voting if I'm doing that math right. And you could see that at our event. You you could see, you know, people coming in droves to talk to these candidates. And ha- like you said, they had questions for them. It was also really cool to see these candidates at, we were at Bowstring. We we're in a brew yard. You know, it was cool to see them in the wild, you know, just just in a very casual environment. Um, oh, they loved it. I mean, many of them said, I mean, they, they obviously are going to a lot of political events and where candidates can you know, state their case for why they should be in office. But they liked this because it wasn't structured. It was a meet and greet. So someone could just walk up and the candidates were walking around going, so which district do you live in? And and residents, Raleigh residents were walking up trying to find Match the face with the the person. Yeah, that Mary Mary Black Branch actually did that to me. She's District A, and I'm District E. But you know, I'm on the line. I think the way that I understand the map, at least, and I'm not I'm not very map smart. But um, <laughs> anyway, she was like, "Are you District A?" And I'm looking at the map, and I'm like, "I think I'm District no. E." We had a good laugh, and um, anyway, she, but she still wanted to know, um, you know, what what issue was I passionate about? And so it was just really fun to watch them walk around and. It went both ways. They were very interested in what the public was curious about, too. Well, I tell the story that, and I can't remember what year it was, but there was a year in recent history that there was a district or an office that ran uncontested. And I thought that was a sad reflection on city politics, Mm -hmm. that someone, that no one wanted to run, that no one felt passionately about it. I love the fact that there are 28 candidates running. I know. Um, There's a lot of choice. And what matters to one doesn't matter to another. I mean, you have four people running in District B and District D alone Uh in both of those. And that's incredible. And what a lot of people don't keep up with all the districts, they keep up with theirs. But keep in mind that Patrick Bufkin, who's on the city councilman now in District A, isn't running. David Cox in District B isn't running, and Stormy um, was District D, 
mm-hmm. and she's running at large. Right. So three districts are going to have an entirely new person. So you're having to get to know all of these candidates to find the one that best represents you. And District C, Corey Branch, is the incumbent and mm-hmm. has, I think this is his fourth term, maybe, fourth election. But he's running against Frank Fields and Wanda Hunter, and I loved meeting both of them. Mm. Um, David Knight is the incumbent in District E, and he's running against Christina Jones. But there's, you know, there's so many issues at stake. Everybody has something they're passionate about. Well, and to your point, without all these incumbents, no matter how you spin it, there's going to be a new council yes. in office, period. And so if you, if your vote has ever mattered, it matters a whole lot right now. I mean, this is this is huge. This is deciding the fate of our the future of our city. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this. October thirteenth is a date when when I said it out loud, I, and all of us as Raleighites are going to remember that day forever. Unfortunately, that's the day that we made a list we do not want to be on. It was a day of the shooting, um, the mass shooting at Headingham, um, and all the candidates were there. And Marianne texted me and said, this was before the incident happened, and said, I'm leaving event number two. I'm on my way. I said, great. See you soon. She pulls in the parking lot and parks with her phone to her ear. She's white as a sheet. Mm-hmm. And she says, I can't stay. And I said, I know. I saw that there had been a shooting on the Greenway. And she goes, oh, no, no. It's, it's my worst nightmare. And she said, I've got five dead. And she said, don't tell a soul. She, I mean, she was almost in tears at that point, but she had to go to the police station. And so, of course, I didn't tell anyone. Well, me. <laughs> you, because you, you were standing right beside me. Yeah. But that was this surreal, sad moment for all of us. I mean, as it played out and we started to hear more during the event. Mm-hmm. But you have leaders of our city and future leader, possibly future leaders of our city there, Um it was just a, a really sad juxtaposition of what was going on in the world and yet this hopefulness for the future with all these people in the room. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is they were either knew nothing because they weren't, they were so engaged with the public that they weren't looking at their phones or they knew the very little we saw come through push-ins, which was nothing compared to what we knew from the mayor. And when she w- walked up to greet you to leave, I walked up to greet her and you're right, you know, she was grief-stricken. And I knew, I thought, honestly, I thought someone in her family had passed away. And so I said, are you okay? And she said, I'm leaving. And I said, what's wrong? And she, then she said, ask Gina and turn around and left. And so, you know, and even then when you told me for it, obviously we didn't know the extent of it, you know, but um, it was a strange juxtaposition to be there. And I read later, actually yesterday, that um, she had said that morning to someone else she was speaking to uh, who had been through a mass shooting that it was her worst nightmare for that to ever touch our city, and then it was the same day. It is. And and regardless of who you vote for, regardless of your politics, I think we can be proud of how our police force and how our mayor and how mm-hmm. our council did the best they could to take care of our city and wrap our arm, wrap their arms around our city and— um, that's what else is at stake here. I mean, these people, yeah, they, how, whatever your politics are, they brilliantly and safely led us through crisis and tragedy and are continuing to. So, I mean, that yeah. deserves recognition. Just had to mention that. A local icon since 1949 and where Raleigh comes to celebrate, savor, and enjoy. 
Village District is celebrating 75 years of tradition and taste. You can join the celebration for their 75th anniversary on Saturday, April 20th from 3 to 8 p.m. on Woodburn Road. Enjoy live music, pop-ups, a kid-friendly area, and the launch of their Village 75 beer, exclusively brewed by Standard Beer and Food. For more event details and other Village District happenings, you can follow Village District on Instagram at Shop Village District, visit their website at shopvillagedistrict.com, or sign up to receive texts by texting the word VILLAGE to 919-701-0202. So moving back, we talked about this. The ballot is really long this time. Yeah. One so thing, don't give up. Don't quit, <laughs> no matter what. Uh, one thing I kept hearing the candidates say at the event was two-sided ballot or, or big ballot. Like, look at both sides. Make sure you answer all the questions. And we had a good couple of laughs about the bonds. So in my experience as a voter, you know, you get to these bonds and there are these really long paragraphs and now there's going to be three. And we were like, I think that people always vote yes. And I literally was joking with these candidates. I feel like people just vote yes because they're like, I'm not reading this. <laughs> Too long, didn't read. <laughs> so they actually agreed. They, they felt like there's this, you know, people don't, I mean, we're in the business of words. So, you know, we I want that you personally, to read. but please read. <laughs> but I do think we're supposed to be unbiased and not take a stand. But I think to keep our city on the trajectory that we're on as one of the most successful and best places to live, mm -hmm. I think you have to invest in infrastructure. And the cheapest and easiest way with the, less, the least amount of impact is bonds. And when you look at the three bonds that are laid out before us, and we'll walk you through them because they're super important to our future. It's an easy yes. It is an easy yes. So there's the Wake County Public School System bond. It's $530.7 million. That probably sounds like a lot, but we're going to break it down. Yeah. We're talking about, for the average homeowner, $33 right. a year. If you have a $337,000 house, it's $33.70 more. This is where our kids go to school. This is this is the future leaders of our city where we go to school. We have to invest. It's building, I think, five new schools and replacements for you know, repairs to seven others. Yeah, renovating seven. And this is every part of the county. This isn't just right. Raleigh. No, this is Wake County. Nightdale to to Raleigh to Garner. It's mm -hmm. all over. And so, I mean, I don't think you can put a price on education, obviously, and the means that they have and the facilities that they're learning in. And also just, you know, if you want to do the math a different way, it's $10 for every 100000 of assessed value for your home. So if that's easier for people. So whatever your home is, it's $10 for every 100000 And keep in mind, there was a study released just today as we're taping this that says that all the gains that we made in testing of our elementary and middle school kids have gone backwards. That yeah, after COVID, we have gone that. fully backwards. So investing in education seems like an easy yes to me. Yeah. So, and uh, moving forward on education, we also have the Wake Tech Workforce Forward Bond, which is a mouthful. Um, but listen, before you tune out, again, this is not just about Wake Tech. Um, investments in Wake Tech help provide job opportunities for the entire community. They help create the skilled workforce that we're so proud of in a growing economy. Um, and there's been a proven return on investment for those students for the whole community, not to mention the accolades the university itself gets. And, and again, it's $353.2 Okay, so it's $10 per 100000 value of your house. $300,000 house, it's $30 a year. Um, when you look at what they're going to build, so with this money, the Perry Health Sciences Campus, 
Um, one of the plans that I am super excited about is this simulation hospital. Mm-hmm. So that because there is a shortage of nurses and healthcare workers and they're all the nursing schools are packed. Yeah. So this would enable them to double the size of their nursing program. And it's a simulated. They're working on, we've got a great photo in our magazine. It's like they're working on a dummy in, in, yeah. in the hospital bed. And I just think it 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 is it's what we're going to have to do to keep being the city that we want to be and growing and having the workforce that we need. I'm going to jump in there because you've known about this for a while and you've been telling me about this for a while. And now there's finally a story about it in our November issue. So you can learn more details there. Um, But yeah, that's just one of the things this bond would do. And it's going to have a, they'll have a permanent Western Wake campus. They'll have a new cyber science facility at their RTP campus. And then they have to do the same thing. They're investing in the infrastructure of all their buildings and, and their campus. Yeah. And I mentioned the accolades for the college. I believe I said university, but for the community college. So Georgetown University's, their center for education ranks Wake Tech in the top 20% of all colleges and universities in the nation. That's insane. And then in the top 10% in North Carolina. And so this college has a really significant place in academia and it generates more than $1 billion annually for our local economy. So to bring it back to why do you care? So each dollar invested in Wake Tech is generating more than $7 in added income and social savings locally. One of the first luncheons I went to, or events I went to, shout out to Scott Rawls and Matt Smith. It was about the time that all the universities announced their incoming class, right? Mm -hmm. And they go, oh, we turned down 45% of our applicants. We turned down 55%. And I remember Scott Rawls standing up on stage and he goes, we took 100%. We took 100% of the students who applied and wanted to go to school with us, we took. If you think about that, I mean, that's a real commitment to the community Mm -hmm. in making sure that everyone who wants an education can get one. Yeah. So, vote yes. Vote yes, absolutely. And then we have the one everybody's talking about, Parks. Yeah, we have the Raleigh Parks bond referendum. It's $275 million. Basically, if you have a $256,000 house— it's $103 annually. And people go, well, yeah, we need the schools. We need the jobs. We need the parks, folks. I mean, think back to the pandemic. And, and I know that's a, hopefully a once in a lifetime, once in the, ever in the world, but we need our parks. It's part of what keeps us sane and, and, and makes our city so desirable. And every district from A to E is getting money allotted for parks and greenway projects, part of this bond. Um, I get it's the one that some people go, we don't need it. We do need it. Well, this, yeah, and this isn't just parks. I mean, this is the greenways and, and all the all the public spaces that we're using to right. get outside, which, as you noted, we know better than ever how essential that is to our well-being. I mean. Well, and it's nice that a lot of this involves the connectivity of taking a greenway that's maybe in the southern part of the city and a greenway that's in the northern part of the city but aren't connected right. and trying to connect them right through Midtown. There are a lot of opportunities here that allow people to get around. Yeah, I, mean, I like to ride my bike. I love the News River Trail and ride it very often. And it's, I mean, I can go 30 miles. I can go all the way to Clayton on the greenway. Yeah, I think some of the, in other cities, when you look at some of the cities that we're tracking, you know, like you said, Raleigh's one of the best cities to live in. People are moving here in droves. But 
we have these big sisters that we look up to like New York and Atlanta. And when you think of those, you think of Piedmont Park in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you do think you don't automatically go to skyscrapers all the time. No. You do think of these big green spaces as places that attract the community and a lot of good happens there. Right. And Dix Park is going to be a national and international draw for us. Absolutely. It really is. Absolutely. Once it's finished. So keep in mind, no matter how legalese the wording is on the bonds, and if it's confusing, the answer is yes. You want all three of these things. We want to keep our city moving forward with all the great things that are planned. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I think they are confusing. And so it's yes means yes. And that's yes how means you yes. Time to add the mix into the mix of your go-to hot spots with signature craft cocktails and neat pours, 12 rotating craft beers and eight rotating fine wines, plus cider and bubbles. The mix has the perfect pour for everyone. Take flight with beer, wine, whiskey, mezcal, and tequila. Or not in the spirit, craft cannabis gummies and high seltzers also invite. Sprawl out on the patio, post up on the couch with your laptop on a weekday, Catch the big game on multiple TVs or cozy up in the wine library for an upscale paired tasting. Weekly events keep the good times coming from tastings to live music and more. For the full lineup of events and offerings, visit BottleMix.com. Yes, with two X's. So that's BottleMixX.com. So we've talked a lot about city council and bonds, but there's a lot more um, on our coverage, and there's a lot more on the ballots. Um, when you get on the ballot, there's a state elections, and you may think, I have many times, oh, wait, I've heard that person. I heard that name. I think she's in my district. Mm-hmm. It matters more now because, as you know, Roe v. Wade and many of the social lifestyle privileges and rights that we've had could be in danger. And so that's what's driving many people to go back to the polls and vote. Um, Yeah. So essentially, when Roe v. Wade was overturned, the U.S. government returned power to the states. And so it's more crucial than ever for your personal liberties to be voting for people that align with those, with with what you see uh, as your rights. And so we asked the candidates in our Wake County districts what their stance was on Roe v. Wade and on uh, same-sex marriage. The reason why we did the latter was because after Roe was overturned, um, U.S. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas said that was just the beginning, and there was a lot of news about the potential overturn of um, same-sex marriage. And so we were curious for the people running for state elections what their stance was on those two major hot-button issues. Many didn't respond, didn't want to give an answer, but a lot did. And we have their answer. And if they had any extended comment, it's all on our website. You can go there, look up look up your district and find out what their stance is. I, I think it's fair, safe to assume if they didn't want to share their answer with us, there's a reason. So maybe do your homework even further. Yeah. And we made these all super easy to find. So the main find your district story is hyperlinked to these other stories. So for the city council candidates, um, we also procured all of their elevator pitches. Which is That's, my favorite thing. It's that quick elevator pitch about why we should vote for you. And yeah, they're all in there. I love that. So in the print issue, you'll find a spread of find your district with all the candidates' faces. And then you turn the page to find all the city council. And you'll find all of their elevator pitches. Online, we also did an extended 
um, Q&A with all of the city council candidates. And we talked about such hot button issues for them as affordable housing, development, transportation, city safety, and population growth. Um, and we've hyperlinked each of these stories to each other. So you can also find the print stories online. You can find your district. You can find the elevator pitches. The city They're color-coded, folks. Oh, yeah. The, the elevator pitches <laughs> are color-coded. We made it super easy um, so that you can find the color of your district, find the elevator pitch, and then find the comments. I found this really useful. I mean, obviously, I was editing it from at first, I mean, in terms of style and, and things. And I'm reading through these, and I thought, I, I know that Raleigh Magazine's done this before, but we haven't voted in a long time. And so when I was looking at this, I thought this was such a cool cheat sheet. You know, especially in this job, you have a lot of access to this kind of information in the media. Um, but to have it truncated in such a way, we're talking about a short paragraph from mm -hmm. each of them. This is not too long. Don't read. Everybody has time for this. Right. And then if you really want to know more, you can go and read their extended Q&A on all the hot button issues. Like if you really care about development or affordable housing, you can go and see what they have to say about it. I think, you know, having lived in Raleigh for most of my life, you see these people some of their faces and names you know, um, like Marion Baldwin or David Knight or whoever. Jonathan and, Melton. Right, Jonathan Melton. And, and you know, I've gotten to interact quite a bit with them, so have you. It was interesting to see it on a page without pictures. Our elevator pitches you mentioned are color-coded. There are no pictures on this page. It took, it really took it down to brass tacks for me on what their issues were, their stance was, and separated it from like who I know them as people, you know, right. because it's easy to like someone and be like, oh, I want to vote for you. <laughs> You're nice. But that's not at the no. end of the day what's, what it we're voting. It's not a popularity I mean, contest. It isn't likability. So, it's about right. who represents what you want for our city. Right. And, and our state. And I mean, speaking of mayor, you know, there's two people running against her. Yeah. Um, and this is her first. But I just read, I don't think an incumbent mayor has lost in Raleigh in it was it was a really long time. I don't want to say the year and then be wrong, but it'll be interesting to see what plays out. And I mean, I think that's true for most elections. Incumbents just kind of have the name recognition. Sure. Well, I spent some time with DeQuanta and with Terrence Ruth at our meet and greet, and I've known Terrence for a while. I remember he announced um, his bid long before the election was postponed. And so we even did an article on five things you don't know about Terrence Ruth because none of us knew who he was and he was going to run for mayor of our city. And I spent a long time talking to him about police pay and why police officers are choosing to go to Cary and Apex in some of the suburb cities as opposed to be Raleigh police officers. And it was fascinating to hear what he's hearing from officers and from the community. And the same with Taquanta. I mean, I, I was... I really enjoyed talking to her about the things that that matter to her and mm -hmm. and her city safety and affordable housing were top of the list. So I think in a lot of ways I know these candidates have a lot of differences, but when you really talk to each of them individually you realize they all have the best interest of our city at heart. Right. They just represent a different constituency. And so I think it's um they're really, it's going to be uh, an exciting time for the city. And it's going to be nice to see some fresh blood and some fresh ideas on council. Yes. And I did fact check myself. It has been two decades since an incumbent Raleigh mayor has lost. You and know, so, she's an editor. She's all about I'm, facts. I, I was like, she's I always have to know. correcting me. I have to know. Uh, that's, not, that's not true. <laughs> but uh, 
if you missed it at the top or if you forgot, voting is happening now. You yes. do not have to wait until November 8th. And who wants to stand in line? Honestly, you never know what's going to pop up that day. And the, there's no bigger deterrent than me for a line. Right. Than and a line. You, and if, I'm sure she's already said it once. We'll say it again. You can vote anywhere. Anywhere that has early voting. You, it doesn't have to be in your neighborhood. Anywhere you want to go, you can vote. Our producer voted today. Got right. it out of the way. So, and that closes at uh, November 5th at 3 p.m. And then Election Day, Tuesday, November 8th. That's right. Vote. Please vote. This has been Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I hope after hanging out with us, you feel more like a Raleigh insider. You can find copies of our magazine around town or subscribe for $10 for 10 issues. We'd love it if you gave this podcast a rating and review and share it with your friends. This podcast was edited and produced by Earfluence. I'm Gina Stevens. We'll see you again soon. Want more of Raleigh Magazine in between issues? Visit RaleighMag.com and subscribe to our newsletters. They come out Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Five-minute read keeps you up to date. And especially on Friday, dish on this, where to eat, where to drink, what to do this weekend. Subscribe for free at RaleighMag.com.